most people who start businesses become upset when they get away from the actual work of the business and move more towards managing the business and the people, but not James Laws. James has started several successful businesses and his favorite part is building the culture, ensuring employees are happy, and ultimately making sure everyone feels fulfilled. So much so that he wants to help more founders do just that. And he plans to with tools, software, coaching, and more. But that is the long game. It all starts with his podcast and his blog. Yes, James is using these to establish authority, build an audience, and learn about this new field so that he can successfully sell to this audience in the future. And a quick programming note here, James and I are friends, we go way back, we go on a lot of side quests about movies, children, Jerry Springer, and baseball, so I am going to put chapter markers in this episode. If you use a podcast app that supports chapters, you can skip the side quests or just listen to the side quests if you want, but... I think the whole conversation is is good. It is a great conversation between friends. And then in Build Something More, if you haven't gotten enough of us, uh, we talk about what it's like expanding our audience beyond the WordPress space. We both started businesses pretty squarely in the WordPress space, and we're trying to move outside of those. So if you're interested in all of that, you can get ad-free extended episodes over at howibuilt.it slash 266. You can sign up for the Creator Crew for just 50 bucks a year. You'll also find all of the show notes as well as a way to join uh, my newsletter over there. So again, that's howibuilt.it slash 266. Today's sponsors are LearnDash, Text Expander, and Nexus. All right, let's get on with the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps small business owners create engaging content that drives sales. Each week, I talk about how you can build good content faster to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about a free weekly newsletter I'm doing called Creator Toolkits. I want you to become a more efficient creator. It's the whole purpose and mission of this show. I want you to be able to free up more time to create, to get more sales, and to make more money. And you'll be able to do that with these free weekly tips delivered to your inbox every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. with the Creator Toolkits newsletter. As a thank you for signing up, you will get a free content planner that I use personally with uh, YouTube and podcasting, and that is built in Airtable. You'll get that completely for free if you head over to howibuilt.it slash Airtable. Become a more efficient creator with free weekly tips delivered directly to your inbox every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern over at howibuilt.it slash Airtable. All right. I am here with my good friend, James Laws. He is the CEO of Saturday Drive and one of the earliest guests on this show. James, I don't think we knew each other, really. We kind of knew of each other. I think Uh, that's a fair way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, Um, like... Just kind of knew of each other and and you were generous with your time and came on the show. an unproven podcast back at a time where podcasting didn't seem to be everywhere. Uh, so th- I, I appreciate that. And then we met at a couple of word camps and of course, uh, probably both of our favorite, con- I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth, probably both of our favorite <laughs> conference, uh, yeah. Cabo press where we got to hang out. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you today because as the listeners have already heard, because I recorded a, this bumper uh, just to get out of time, uh, time traveling. Um, you've started a new podcast and I'm, I'm really interested about it um, because I'm trying to teach people how to, uh, how to podcast to establish authority and how you don't only need sponsors. I mean, as somebody who makes most of his money from sponsors, right? Uh, you don't only <laughs> need sponsors to make money. 
Um, and I know that you also have an affinity for podcasts. So um, I'm really excited to get into that. You you started Ninja Forms way back when. Uh, that now, correct me if I'm wrong. It was Ninja Forms was the original name of the company, and then you renamed it Saturday Drive as your portfolio grew. Is that accurate? Yeah, actually, the original name of the company was WP Ninjas. And we ah. still own the trademark on that and still use that for some internal purposes and, and even some external purposes. Then we switched over to Ninja Forms because that was the main product and we didn't. And then we switched <laughs> back to WP Ninjas. And then we finally created Saturday Drive, which is now our kind of parent company to all of the other things that we do. Nice. That's funny. I don't ever, I don't think I ever connected WP Ninjas. In, I mean, I must have if I saw Ninja Forms, right? But, um, I mean, you know, this was probably at a time where like, it was like Ninja and Unicorn and Rockstar were like the things that people were saying in jobs too, but. um, Well, it's funny. If you look back way back into the old branding too, and we came up with Ninja Forms, our first logo, those of, of kind of my age will remember this, especially the logo was a throwback to the clan that Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe were a part of. Nice. So ah. our logo actually kind of mirrored that a little bit. It was a, a, an homage, if you will. Nice. That's awesome. And proof of like why we're friends, because that's an excellent <laughs> reference. Um, yeah. So, okay. So then you renamed Saturday Drive, which by the way, I, th- I must have told you this when you, when you announced, but I, man, I love that name. Uh, it's just like... Whenever I hear it, I just picture like driving on the open road on like like a cliff, right? That's like overlooking the ocean. That's just what I think of when when I hear it. Well, you know, it's funny where the name came from was me and my business partner, Kevin. Uh, we were pastoring a church at the time before we actually got into all the business stuff. We were actually, he was my executive pastor and uh, I was the lead pastor of this church. And we spent a lot of Saturdays doing kind of message prep uh, on Saturdays, like driving around and just talking theology and talking philosophy and all of these different things. And it was a kind of a fun exercise. And then when we started to get into business, we just kept doing the same thing. We would just drive around and talk shop, talk ideas, brainstorm product ideas or whatever it was. And that was a common thread into how we processed information. And so it was a kind of a throwback of something that really uh, was where it all kind of all started for us was just these kind of Saturday drives, just get in the car, drive around and talk. Uh, that's super cool. And uh, uh, again, another thing I didn't, you know, I'm really like proving how great of a, a interviewer <laughs> and researcher I am. I don't think I knew you were a, a pastor before this. Before your, well, your I don't. I don't talk a lot about it. Uh, okay. it it's been, it was a long time ago too. So it it was around right when Ninja Forms was actually just getting ready to kind of getting out there and launching. It was at that same time that I was transitioning out of pastoring. So uh, most people who got to know me in that er, in those early days were meeting me really after that transition. And so mm. if, it wouldn't be something that I know. And it's not something I generally put in, in like everywhere out there on the websites or anything. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. That I feel like a lot less significant, but I can basically tell. I, you can tell when somebody met me by whether they call me Joe or Joey. They call me Joey. Uh-huh. They met me uh, before 2010. Uh, we were <laughs> college or high school friends. And if that's, they call me Joe, it's most likely my professional life friends. I have that same thing. When I before I moved to Tennessee, where I live now in 2000, I was I live I was from New York, upstate New York is where I'm from, and my name is James, but my uh, my parents really wanted to call me Jamie. And so they put James ah. on the birth certificate, but everyone up north knows me as Jamie. When I moved to Tennessee, I started going by James because I felt like it sounded more adult and more professional. Mm-hmm. And so I transitioned. I once tried to go back to Jamie, but my wife vetoed it. So <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll test those waters too with my wife. And be like, hmm. Oh yeah, you just start calling me Joey, and she'll probably be like, absolutely not. And yeah, not I mean, for, for those who don't know this story, uh, it's like, it's like m- mildly scandalous to some people, but my wife, we met, uh, she was a student of mine 
And then a couple of years later, we started dating. So she, yeah, she was. Wow. It was, it was my hey. first semester. I know it was my first semester teaching. So I was like 24 and she was like 20 or 18, 19, something like that. There's no like five and a half years that you were us. dating your students, man. I know. I know. It's <laughs> I guess scandal. the student. Student, yes. I should be Sing- careful. Singular like that was, It wasn't a habitual thing. <laughs> <laughs> Me dating in general wasn't a habitual thing. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, but we, d- we didn't get together until a couple of years later. So you can put your pitchforks away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I suspect all of that to say, I suspect that she'd be very against calling me Joey because and she just, I also had that class call me Joe. Like this was yeah. before like, oh, Mr. Casabona is my father. But then like, <laughs> I realized that like students got really disrespectful if like you didn't think you had authority. So I was like, well, now you got to call me Professor Casabona because you're all jerks. Yeah. Um, How do you like me now? Yeah, exactly. Um, do you do? You, I mean, it seems like from a dating perspective, you should have had your wife call you that, Professor Casabona. That's, I should. I know. Well, that's I mean, that like, sounds fine. Maybe you yeah. save that for you know <laughs> personal times, and you know, I don't. I don't know what you, what what your uh, personal life is like. So you know, maybe maybe that's a thing you do. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's this is that'll be for how I built it after dark. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so, so all of the stage setting, I, I hope we didn't lose you all here. Or maybe we gained more followers at this point. I'm having uh, or, fun. Or I don't know about the listeners. Right? But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is because we, neither of us went to Cabo Press last year, right? So we didn't really it's get true. to catch up. true. We're catching up. up. Um, but all of this to say, right, Saturday Jive has multiple brands. Um, you've got Ninja Forms. You've got, I think Caldera Forms has kind of been folded into Ninja Forms at this point. Yeah, we, we really wanted to keep it as a separate brand. And we did try for a little over a year to really find its unique voice and its unique audience. And this, the more that we dug into the audience base and started talking to the customers, we realized they were really the same customers. And so it we were doing both products a disservice trying to meet the same need in two different places. And so we uh, just recently actually just shut the doors uh, on Caldera Forms and are helping, you know, and have been helping for the, over the past year convert Caldera Forms over to Ninja Forms and make sure that their needs are being met as much as, as, much as we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, that is, that's tough, especially in the WordPress Forms space, right? It, there's yeah. a lot of, uh, competition and and trying to differentiate and find the right kind of niche for certain markets could be hard. Um, a- absolutely, yeah. Uh, so so you've got Ninja Forms and and formerly Caldera Forms, and then you've got you got a coffee brand still, right? Yeah, we have Bon Bon Life Coffee Roasters, our brick and mortar, uh, internationally award winning coffee shop. Yeah. We roast our own really coffee. good coffee, really good coffee. It, it really is. It is. It is phenomenal yeah. coffee. And I, you know, I'm not the coffee drinker of the business, but uh, the team we have around it does such a, such a phenomenal job, and they do really love and care for coffee. As a matter of fact, my other partner Jeremy, who is the kind of one of the coffee people, he and his wife yeah. uh, was just in Boston this week uh, as we're recording this, uh, and is uh, at a competition, so a coffee roasting competition. Nice. I bet they are uh, wicked psyched to be there. Uh, <laughs> that's my best Boston accent. I'm a you know Yankee fan. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you have to have that. You have to have that in your back pocket just so you can make fun. Of, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, of Boston that, fans. You know, that's exactly right. Actually, I almost left uh, the last time I was in Boston, which is like years ago now. Um, I uh, I was talking to a guy at a cigar shop. And he like immediately pegged me as a New Yorker. And like, I couldn't figure out why. Cause I hadn't said, he's like, he's like, yo, you in the North end early. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, you walk here, you take a cab. I was like, I took a cab. He's like, you're from New York, aren't you? And I'm like, oh my God. Um, but then like later he was like, oh, so what are you going to do around here? His name was Pat. He was a firefighter. And I'm like, you are very, this is very stereotypically Boston. And, um, <laughs> 
And then he was like, so you're going to go defend my pack? And I almost laughed at him because that's how my friends and I would say it, making fun of Boston fans, right? Oh, Fenway <laughs> pack. But I'm like, that's how they say it. So uh, yeah, so I got to have it in my back pocket. I also really like that accent secretly. Like I just think it's a fun, it's, yeah. I love, yeah. But you can't um, tell. I mean, you just said it on a podcast. I was going to say, you kind of have to keep that on the down low. Yeah, but I guess if you're going to say it on a podcast, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel like the overlap of sports fans and people who listen to this podcast is relatively low. Because everyone, everybody That's, I talk to is like, I love baseball. And they're like, yeah, sports ball. And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess that, sports ball. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, awesome. So uh, the reason that we're going through all of this is because you have experience managing um, lots of teams and, and creating kind of these different work environments, right? Because you have the brick and mortar store, you have um, you have multiple teams and you were in an office space. Now it sounds like you're kind of mostly remote, which was, is kind of, I feel like a WordPress company cultural thing. Um, uh, like, I feel like it's like more expected in the WordPress space that you should be remote. Um, but you, you did have office space in Tennessee, right? Yeah, it's funny. We started as a co-located onsite team with our own office and everyone we hired either lived in this area or relocated to this area because that's where, where our company was. Yeah. And yeah, there is this stigma in the WordPress space that you really have to be remote. And if you're not, you're like this pariah of like, why, <laughs> why aren't you remote? Like, yeah. and I, so I was a, I was an evangelist for being co-located for a long time in the WordPress space. People would talk to me and I would talk about the great benefits of being in an office together. And there are some great benefits, but we acquired Caldera Forms and they had team members in France and Indonesia and, and really all over. And there was no way we were going to ask them to move to Cleveland, Tennessee. Right. And I didn't want to go towards the hybrid route because I, I feel ultimately when you have a hybrid business, there's always an us versus them mentality. And I don't think it has to be that way. I'm sure there are people who have cracked that code. I was not well-versed enough in that culture yet to tackle that problem. And so I didn't want an us versus them mentality. So we sent everyone to their homes and just said, we're just going to go distributed completely. That way there is no, these people meet in the office. And there's still sadly a little bit of it because there's a lot of us that live in Cleveland and we see each other right. at the coffee shop or, you know, yeah. we cross paths a lot. Um, but we've tried to downplay that as much as possible so that everyone in the company can feel like they are just as much a part of this company uh, whether they live in France, uh, Indonesia, or you know India, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, as somebody who's who's worked mostly remote, um, my whole professional career, there were a few years there where I worked at the University of Scranton, and they were like very anti-remote, um, or at least the one who ultimately made the decision was ultimately uh, or was was yeah. against remote. Um, but, you know, there are some days where I, I do miss kind of being able to get together with with people. I What I don't miss, here's the thing I don't miss. Uh, hey, I just sent you an email. Cool. I, I, will, I will get that email. Um, but like, but also one of my coworkers uh, who worked in a different department, um, Matt, and I, I would get together every Friday and, and like work on the website uh, together. And like we had a, a whiteboard and we would like meet in different places on campus each week. And like, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So, you know, as, as we record this, there's a lot of hubbub about um, there are the people who want their employees to be back and they're like, well, it's more productive that way. And then there are the, the, pro remote people who were like, you just want to keep a more watchful eye on us. But there, there really are, I'll put it to you this way as somebody with, with three kids and two under two right now, uh, there would be no screaming children, presumably in, in an office if I were working there. Um, and, uh, More culture's love, changing Joe. So yeah, maybe there would yeah. be, <laughs> maybe there would be, that's true. I love, I love that I can go up and see my kids anytime. Like it's just my pop up and my son is very excited to see me uh, or like my daughter is, is wants to come hang out. But uh, when I'm like in the thick of something and, and my infant starts screaming, it like really hurts me. 
Yeah. And when, and once your kids are in school, it's diff- a little bit different too, right? Like the school year feels really easy because yeah, they get home a little earlier in the afternoon, but you could, you're, you've had a whole day to really focus on work. And mm-hmm. so that's not a problem, but summer gets really hard because you know, they're, they're here every single yeah. day and the work didn't stop in the summer. Uh, so there are, there are some what, challenges and I just, when I yeah. weigh it, when I look at remote versus being on-site co-located, the benefits of remote work just outweigh the benefits of on-site. It's not that there aren't benefits. It's just that they are eclipsed by all of the benefits of being distributed. And that's why I've, I've become, I guess, if you will, a evangelist for distributed work. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, you're not spending whatever, like you're not, you're not doing the rat race anymore. You're not spending a bunch of time in the car, which, uh, which <laughs> is good. Like I said, um, if I, if I'm not focusing, I can go up and like hang out with my kids and like watch them run around in the yard or like my daughter was in a school play. I didn't have to drive home from work. Uh, I could just yep. go right around the corner to the school and um, so there are there are a lot of really really good benefits. I think what what we're gonna do when we buy our forever home, right? We're still in our first house. Um, I'm gonna get one of those work pod things, right? Like those standing structures, <laughs> like that go in the yard. In the yard um, where you have to actually yeah. walk out the back door, yeah, and, and actually dad, leave the building a little bit. Yeah, yes, daddy's going to work. Because the other thing is, like my kids, like their toys are like in the other room down here, and so like they'll come <laughs> and they'll be like, "Let's, what's up with dad's computer?" And I'm like, this is daddy's brand new Mac studio. Like, don't touch that. Um, don't touch that. <laughs> so have, having some separation is definitely good. But like like you said, the maybe we could talk about that and build something more too. Because I'm thinking about that right now. Like my daughter's Easter break was extended. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do for this unexpected day that she has off now? <laughs> but right. then like she's also, and it's like a little different because my daughter is at home still. Like she's not in daycare yet, my youngest daughter. Right. Um, so, um, but it's just like, things that I didn't, that as a kid, I didn't care about. Uh, and then my mom was a stay at home mom, um, f- until we were all like kind of school aged. So, uh, yeah, all these problems that I never anticipated, um, that are probably ultimately made easier by working from home, but feel hard when you're, com- when you're comparing it to like not having kids. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, and that's, I think, you know, some of what I do and what I write about a lot is to, is the idea of recognizing that, like, my team is dealing with uh, a lot of different challenges being distributed, right? They, they Maybe they have sick loved ones they're taking care of. They have young children that they're watching. Uh, some of them are homeschooling because of uh, th- their hand has been forced in different ways. And all of that is a challenge to how do I how do I have a career, a job that is fulfilling for me and that I am actually productive in uh, Mm -hmm. and juggling all of these life things. And so trying to figure out how to manage that, juggle that, or, or sometimes just lower the expectation a little bit so that there's people aren't freaking out about it is, is a, goes a long way. This episode is brought to you by text expander. What can you do with more hours? Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers. They're all taking precious time away from you. With Text Expander, you can take it back and focus on what matters most. In 2021, Text Expander saved me 34 typing hours. That doesn't even include the collective hours I would have spent looking for responses, links, resources, code, and anything else I type regularly. Talk about creating more efficiently. You will never need to copy-paste repetitive responses again. With Text Expander, your knowledge will always be at your fingertips with a quick search or abbreviation. Text Expander is available on all platforms and show listeners get 20% off. Take back your time today at textexpander.com slash podcast. So you have Saturday Drive. This is like your, uh, if we talk about the practical experience, the thing that gave you this expertise, and then you have um, kind of two content-based properties, or maybe it's it's one content-based property with multiple types of content. Um, and it's it's circles.com, circles with two I's. So that's C-I-I-R-C-L-E-S.com. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, 
as you said, we have a few different products. Uh, so we have Ninja Forms, we have Bond Life Coffee, we actually have SendWP, which is a transactional email service. And we, what I started to realize is, you know, every entrepreneur has, we call it right, the the entrepreneur's dilemma, if you will, where you start a business, you were a developer, you were a podcaster, you were this, you were that, whatever it is, right? And you get to the point where your business starts to grow and you have to hire people. And then you realize I'm no longer doing the thing that I loved doing that got me started. I'm not doing the engineering. I'm not doing the designing. I'm managing people. I'm I'm worrying about are they getting work done? Are they fulfilled? Are they able to do they have what they need? Removing blockers for them. Well, a lot of people, when they get in that situation, they will either decide they didn't want any of it and they will kind of try to pull it all back and get back to just doing the thing that they love, or they'll hire someone else to do that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I am one of those unique, weird people who goes, this is actually what I want to do. You know, form builders, nice. eh, you know, WordPress products, whatever, right? I, I like managing teams. I like thinking about organizational structure and operating systems and frameworks and how does the business work and how do we make the business healthy, keep the business healthy and keep the team fulfilled and healthy. So ultimately, I found something that I really loved, started developing my own kind of fulfillment theory and, and framework, and then decided I wanted to start writing about these ideas. And so about a year ago, we started Circles.com, which was initially just an article a week. And now we publish two articles a week and send a newsletter every week. Uh, and it was just about leadership, fulfillment, and healthy work culture, and how do we take care of teams and manage teams and, uh, and grow in that capacity. So we just, I just started writing content. My, my business partners started helping, and they started writing content, and now we just, that's what we're doing. Um, we, had, you know, we had a podcast on there. Uh, I, I'll tell you, you, know, you talked about in the beginning uh, how I was on your podcast. Uh, we didn't even know each other very well, but the truth is, you know, your podcasting inspired me and got me somewhat interested in podcasting, right? Like it was like, all right, this podcasting thing's kind of interesting. This is kind of fun. I kind of like this idea. So I had started a podcast with a friend called mastermind.fm. We did that for a while, uh, just talking about WordPress businesses. Uh, Then we started a podcast that ran for three or four years, I think, on and off called Adventures in Businessing, uh, which was just me and my two other business partners and another entrepreneur here in town. And we, we all had different types of business. We had a service business, which was mostly marketing and PR. We had the brick and mortar. We had some software businesses. And so we would just talk about work culture and businesses and challenges of being an entrepreneur and things like that. Um, I, wanna, I just want to interrupt you there for a minute because there yeah. is one episode that you must've done years <laughs> ago at this point that yeah. really stuck with me. And I think it was, was it, Kevin likes to go see movies in the middle of the day. Was it Kevin who likes to do that? I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it just like, that really made me think, why don't I go see more movies in the middle of the day? Like it really, cause like, you know, again, working from home, working for yourself, you have that flexibility. And I think it was just, my hang up was a long time ago. I got it stuck in my head that it's weird to go to the movies by yourself. But I feel like now with a house full of, of other people, uh, that I'm never leaving. Like, I feel like the pandemic has really shown me, you can go to the movies. This is like guaranteed quiet time, essentially, for you. The problem is now is that most of these theaters aren't doing matinees, uh, during, especially during the week. Oh, and so man. it's hard to go to the movies during the day. Yeah. So around the same time we recorded that episode, uh, I don't know if, you remember, if, if ever anyone remembers the movie Warcraft uh, it was basically like the world, it was supposed to be like the World of Warcraft style movie with the ogres and orcs or whatever they were. Anyway, I was, we had a, Bond Life had a location in our mall in town and I was working out of that location that day. I was just doing some work and out of the, nowhere, I was like, I'm going to go watch a movie. So I went and yeah. got tickets and went and saw Warcraft, brought my computer. There was nobody in the theater. So I just opened up my computer and had my popcorn and soda and was just working while I was watching Warcraft in this empty oh, theater awesome. that I had all to myself. It was glorious. Yeah, that's amazing. My wife and I had the theater to ourselves once and it was American something with Jennifer Lawrence, right? There was like American Gangster and then like another movie with American came out at the same time. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
And we just, we had the whole theater to ourselves, And I'm like, this is how movies should be all the time. <laughs> nobody, nobody. I, I remember seeing X-Men first class in the theater and it was like okay. a packed house. Spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen X-Men first class and don't know anything <laughs> about Professor Xavier. Um, but there was the part where like Magneto like deflects the bullet and it hits... Xavier and the guy next to me goes, Oh, that's how it happened. <laughs> and I'm like, are you surprised that we're finding out how it happened in this prequel where he can walk, where he's never been able to walk in Canon. <laughs> and I'm that's just fair. like, ah, man, that's how it happened. Watching movies with people is awful. That's uh, the worst. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. I'm seeing it for the first time too. Um, <laughs> but uh, gosh, I could talk about that forever. But anyway, that that episode like really changed my perspective. Um, so you had adventures in businessing. I didn't. I don't. I I was on Mastermind FM. I think a couple of times. Um, yeah. And by the time I was on it. Uh, you and and John Galea, uh, right, mm-hmm. um, had passed the torch to Mark. Mark. Yep. Yep. Okay. Whew. Yeah, we Sorry, had Mark. we had passed it to Mark, <laughs> and then and then uh, I guess what's happened now is Jean is making new episodes now where they're he's mostly talking about cryptocurrencies and F- NFTs. Ah, <laughs> uh, mastermind.eth.fm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, awesome. Okay. So, so you had adventures in business thing. That was kind of a little bit of a precursor to circles.com. Um, yeah. And, and now you're putting out two articles per week plus a newsletter. Did you find, um, when building your business, right? Because this is a little bit different from, I mean, it's a lot different from your forms plugin, right? Where it's, yeah. uh, which, you know, Ninja Forms is a, a has a freemium model, so you get a lot of people who just need a form, um, and then for the people who need to do heavy lifting. But those might be freelancers; they might not necessarily be people who are also interested in in, in managing. Um, and we'll talk a, a little bit about this in in uh, in build something more, which uh, you can sign up for over at howibuilt.it slash two six six. Ad free extended episodes of every episode for fifty bucks a year, um, but I do want to mention it a little bit here because the audience building stuff, for me at least, felt especially hard. I had built a, a very dev heavy audience, yeah. uh, and then I'm trying to move to creators, and there's very little overlap between the two. I find it exponentially more difficult. It is, it is not even, it's not, it's, I I don't think it's apples and oranges. It's apples and carburetors. Like it is (laughs) so (laughs) infinitely different to me because for those who know the WordPress community, you know, the WordPress space, you have a built-in community of people who genuinely Mm. want everyone to succeed. That's one of the great things about the WordPress community. Uh, as a whole. Now, are there outliers to that? Sure, certainly. But for the yeah. most part, the general community is, if you're a good person and you try to do a good thing, people will acknowledge that and try to support you. And so when we launched Ninja Forms, uh, we had a community of people that were like, you seem to be cool people and doing something that might matter. Let's try it. <laughs> like, and it just, yeah. like, it took a little while, but it didn't take, it wasn't, it wasn't the same as like with circles.com and we're writing about something that doesn't really have a community, right? There's no, there's no, uh, there, I mean, there are all kinds of pockets of communities, but they are almost in competition to each other. No one is freely saying, Hey, I have this huge, you know, cohort of leadership people. And by the way, you should check out all these other leadership sites and not be on my site, go to their site and check out their, like, there's no one doing that. So you, you have to earn every single view and every single listen, uh, with your content because it's just not, it's not, there's no built-in community that's sharing it. And that's actually part of the reason why we sunset adventures in build businessing and transitioned to the new show. Gotcha. That's so, okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that then. Um, so what made you, I mean, you just said that's essentially why, but um, it was kind of, I can a, give you the, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, 
as as specific as you're willing to go, I guess. Yeah, no. I, so here, here was the thing. Adventures in Businessing was me, Kevin, and Jeremy, my two other business partners. Uh, and at the time, we had our friend Rob Alderman, who has a local business in town here, uh, the Alderman Group. Uh, and we would talk about stuff, right? We'd talk about business and stuff. And some of the topics were related. Like, they they fit the show. Uh, and then we transitioned to trying to be more circles content focused, but it was still mm-hmm. just me, Jeremy, and Kevin. Well, here's the thing. Me, Jeremy, and Kevin have an overlapping audience, right? We we know a lot yeah. of the same circles. And so, and let's be honest, we weren't super like sharing it. <laughs> like there was, yeah. there, you can only share it to your own circle so often. And then people are just like, right. all right, we've seen it. We get it. You got a podcast. Like if, if yeah. I wanted it, I would have already subscribed. Stop telling me about it. <laughs> so uh, there was this challenge of getting distribution for a show where there was no new audience ever coming. And so we, in our strategic planning last year, we had this thought, well, what if we move to an interview style? So we're bringing on people that have their own audience and we're not Mm -hmm. trying to steal their audience, but as we expose them to the audience that we're building, we also expose ourselves to their audience. And some of them, not all of them, but some of them might be like, I like what these folks are doing. I'm going to follow that. And so the real reason for starting Leading to Fulfillment was to continue the content we had already were starting to create, but do it with a new audience in mind. And so this idea of being able to have a new guest every single episode that has their own audience and another reason for starting it for me is to get different perspectives from different people on the topics that I care about. And so to be able to hear about what fulfillment or leadership, or managing teams, or culture, or work-life balance, or diversity from people who aren't like me, that don't look like me, that don't have all the same experiences that I have, is a enriching experience for me, and therefore I hope will be an enriching experience for my listeners. Yeah, that's so that's so great. And I think that's really great advice for anybody who's thinking of starting a podcast, right? Because I I tend to tell people, like, if you're trying to build authority, um, you might not want to do an interview show, but um, yeah. you might also want to do have like a, maybe a more conversational show, right? Where it's not just you asking a bunch of questions to try to tell like a founder story. It's you ex- kind of exchanging notes with somebody. That way you get to build the expertise, but you get somebody else's perspective. That's solid. And that that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying, I, I think in the in the beginning, I started selling it like it was an interview, but the more I have guests on, there's some guests that it certainly ends up being an interview. And that may be because of, you know, either my ability to engage with the content myself for some reason or any number of reasons that can happen. Uh, but more times than not, it does end up trying to be a little more of, hey, you have experience in this thing. We talk about this. Here's a little bit of what I think about it. Now you tell me what you think about it. And then I'm going to play off of what you just said. We're going to yeah. have this conversation and talk about this thing that we share experiences with and do that. And the other thing I do from the, you know, talk about If you want to establish authority, you might not want to do an interview show. A conversational show certainly is better. The other thing I do is at the end of my show, I try to do a, I call it, do you remember the, uh, is it, was it the Maury Povich show or I don't remember what it was. Jerry Springer. He used to have those Springer moments at the end. They were actually pretty thoughtful. Right, yeah. they were thoughtful. Like you watched this garbage fire of a show <laughs> of what of people doing things that were seemingly inhuman, like craziness, right. the yeah. way they treated yeah. each other. And then he yep. would come at the end, and you'd go, "This dude's actually really smart. Like he has some, right. like this is a really good, thoughtful insight." So I try at the end of each episode to pull something out of the, something the conversation that we had, and say, "I'm just going to talk for just two minutes on this little topic, and give a serious moment of." This is something for you to consider as we leave the show. And yeah, that's another way I'm trying to continue to establish authority, but still have other people on and let their voice be heard. Yeah. Yeah. He called it the, fi- the final thought, right? That's exactly that's what he it, called yeah. it. And uh, yeah, it was so funny, right? Because it was like, oh, you know, Billy spit in Bob's mouth. But I think what we could all learn is to be open to different experiences. Now take care of yourselves <laughs> and take care of each other. Like what? <laughs> I don't remember that correlation, but I'm sure it existed. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it feels like he, you know, it was all very. It was all 
like you said, very trash until the end. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, yeah I mean, it was really- all, it was always like, uh, you know, I, I, I know you love me, but I'm, I'm your mother's baby daddy. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, right. like these weird things. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, he would always have this moment yeah. at the end that was just like, you listen to it and you're like, man, that's really good advice. Wow. Uh, if the show was just more of that content, this would not right. be such a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because we were both giving examples of the bad part, but we're neither of us are skilled as Jerry Springer. I can't remember I the good. That's and, and that's, like, and that's why that show was part. successful. Was yeah, for the, right, exactly. for the dumpster fire stuff, right? My girlfriend took my dad to prom. You know, <laughs> it's important to do things as a family. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I think you should have wrote those uh, final thoughts because uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that yours are better than than his. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Store Builder from Nexus. When it comes to setting up an e-commerce site, you have a choice between easy but limited or a limitless platform that you need to manage yourself. Until now. Store Builder is e-commerce made easy for everybody. It saves you time and delivers a storefront that lets you get to selling. As someone who set up multiple e-commerce sites, I can tell you that Store Builder has been a much easier experience than anything else. Answer a few questions, add your content, and sell. Store Builder was created and is supported by e-commerce experts at Nexus. Get the speed, security, and support you need when you need it. Are you ready to launch your perfect online store? Head over to howibuilt.it slash storebuilder for a special offer. That's howibuilt.it slash storebuilder. I should really cut out all the side quests and just make it its own episode, right? We talked about like Jerry Springer and movies. I was going to say, I don't know how uh, you bring that, how you, how you, kudos to you when you're able to bring it back into the topic because it's gone everywhere. That's that's one of my superpowers because I get distracted a lot, but I still keep that thread in my head, and I have to. Bring <laughs> I love it. Back. it. Um, so so you moved from adventures and businessing to uh, leading to fulfillment. Um, how are you building that audience? You mentioned the one way, right, of having guests on, uh, which in general, right, if it's a good interview, I, I found that not everybody wants to share, but if. Oh. If you do a good job in the interview and you, if you extract out things that they're not saying on every other show, um, I think they're more inclined to share because now you're helping them show their expertise in a different yeah. light, maybe to their audience. Um, but I, I know you're also, uh, you're also on, on the TikTok, right? I am. I'm, 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 I'm not big on TikTok, but I am on TikTok. <laughs> nice. I tried uh, it yeah. for a small amount of time. I would have these little like cigar chats, right? I'd go out for a walk and then, then it got cold and I wasn't doing the cigar anymore. So I wasn't doing the TikTok anymore. So maybe now that it's getting warm, I'll just pre-record a bunch of content, like a year's worth of content. And, and that's what all of the TikTok experts will tell you to do, like batch all your content and then just schedule it out as you go. It's it's fun. You know, I watched, I watched from afar trying to understand the platform and I obviously haven't done a good job because I only have a little over 500 followers, but I, uh, I, I watched it and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to lip sync and I'm not going right. to do dances and I'm not going to like what, what TikTok got famous for at first. I said, but I have, you know, a one to three minute piece of insight that I can share and I can do that. And so as we started writing content, I started transitioning and just kind of putting myself out there, which was new to me. I never really put myself out there on video and said like, Hey, you know, here's, here are three tips to be an effective manager in the coming year. And here are like, you know, things like that. And I just started putting that content out and some of them do have done really well. And some of them have not and just keep kind of putting it out there. But I, I enjoy it. I actually enjoy TikTok as a platform now, uh, now that I've kind of tuned it, the algorithm into the things that I care about. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go back. I've had, I've had two guests on the show talk about it, Alex Rossman and uh, Rebecca Simon. And, um, and they both like encouraged me to, to go on and, and things like that. Um, so I, I did try it for a while, but I, th- I I should get back to it because it was, like you said, some do really well. Some do mm-hmm. like better than anything I've ever posted on Instagram well or, yep. or on Twitter well. And so, you know, that kind of finding that new audience, I think, is the big benefit of TikTok. 
Um, yeah, I think so there's I, a lot of yeah. potential there, um, and I'm still trying to discover it and unlock it. Um, I could be doing better because a lot now a lot of the things I do like short clips from the podcast. I will put those videos on there and share that kind of stuff. Uh, and I do that across all of the social platforms, but I could do more or like kind of in the moment and which I think does better on TikTok than the produced. Uh, this mm-hmm. was a part of my show stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of the same thing that was echoed previously, right? Is TikTok looks and feels m- kind of more real. Like it's mm-hmm. like uh and so that's that's a really interesting part, but you know the the advice that I also got was like, you know, you got to do some of the memes, and I'm like, I don't really want to do the memes, you know. It's I just want to talk in front of a camera for a little bit and then release those. I think you know the I will say the truth of TikTok is you just got to be you, you got to be real and authentic, and this is who you are. I tried, I, I actually, I think there, if you go through my TikTok feed, if anyone wants to go through my TikTok feed, I think there is a couple times where I tried to do like a meme and make it fit what I was thinking. And mm-hmm. I cringe at them, but I leave them because, you know, they remind me that I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it out there. You know, what's, that's that's, right. I, I've been saying content creation is experimentation a lot. I want to put it on a t-shirt. Um, I like it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got to keep those experiments, right? Because yeah, they show you what you've done and what's working and what's not working. Um, As we, uh, because we've uh, very wildly been talking for almost uh, over 40 minutes at this point, um, as we kind of wind down, I want to talk to you about the goals of of the podcast, right? Because again, um, I think a lot of people see big podcasts have sponsors and that's how it's monetized. But uh, in my own content, uh, I talk about, you know, there are kind of, I, I think of it as the smash framework, five ways to, um, to monetize your podcast. Sponsorship is one. Then there's membership, affiliate links, selling uh, a product and helping, right? Which is, is um, showing people, you know, what you're talking about and then, gaining coaching clients or people into a cohort-based course. Um, so w- w- what is, and, and I'll just say this, right? you don't have to start a podcast to make money, but mm-hmm. it costs money. Um, it does. And we didn't talk about gear, but if there's time at the end, we'll talk about gear. Um, yeah. But it's just general, like hosting the time. So you want to see a little bit of a return on your investment. So, so what's your game plan there? So, for me, the purpose of the, the podcast is to build an audience uh, that I can share future endeavors with that are in the, within the same vein. So is there future monetization in place? Yeah. I mean, I, I own a software company. We build software. You can, you can assume that we're building some software that mm. fits this audience. And we are. Uh, I also am working on a book uh, around my fulfillment theory and my ideas around workplace culture and fulfillment. And so I'm working on that. Uh, I see some some membership stuff. I'm working on a business operating system around the, my, the circles fulfillment theory as well. These are all things and resources that in the future I will want to distribute in some way, shape or form. And I'm going to need an audience to do that. But I know that you don't build an audience when you're ready to launch something. That work has to come well before you're ready to launch a thing. And so I'm I guess I'm out here doing the hard work of building a lot of content and trying to add a lot of value for free so that when the time comes, I have something to sell. I have some people who are interested in the content that I have. Oh, I love that. You don't build an audience when you're ready to launch something, right? You do the hard work mm-hmm. before. That's what. That's such great advice. I think that, I mean, most of my experience is within is people within the WordPress space, right? But I fell I fell to this fallacy a lot where I would do something and and tweet it and then assume it would do well, right? But mm-hmm. that's not how it works. People need to trust you yep. more than ever um, if you want to if if they're going to hand their money over to you. It's they have to trust you and they have to need what you're offering, right? And so right. I have a lot of people on Twitter, you know, I don't have a ton of followers. I only have like 2,000 something followers, but I would say that most of the people who follow me trust me and genuinely like me. That's why they follow me, but they don't also, they don't all need what I'm offering. And so if I don't start to focus that and build an audience elsewhere, 
that is meaningful to the things that I'm producing and I want to release, then I'm going to send it out on Twitter and it ain't, it's not going to go anywhere because that isn't the audience. Like those are people who know me, our friends, our acquaintances. We genuinely like each other, but they don't nec- they're not necessarily buying what I'm selling. And that's okay that I don't follow them and they don't follow me just because we're transactional. But right. you have to have, if you're going to be run a business, if you're going to make money, you have to also build that transactional environment somewhere, like somewhere that has to exist. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like going to a, you know, a sports bar and trying to sell Yankee tickets, right? It's Everybody's there because they like sports, but not everybody's willing to pay to go see the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Especially when you're in that bar in Boston. <laughs> Especially that bar in Boston. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend trying to do that in Boston. Yankees I, tickets right here. Yeah, neither James nor I are responsible for anything that happens to you if you try to sell Yankees or Yankees related gear in a bar in Boston. Or um, even wear a Yankees hat into a bar in Boston. Yeah. Like, you don't even I, try let, to sell it. You probably shouldn't rep it. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I did. Because I went to a, a game at Fenway <laughs> Park. They weren't playing the Yankees, but I still wanted to wear the Yankee symbol. And so I went to the gift shop at Fenway Park and they had a greatest sports rivalry t-shirt where they had the Red Sox logo and the Yankees logo. So I was like, Perfect. They won't that. know what side you're on. They won't know what hit them. <laughs> they lost. They 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 sensed the bad luck uh, of mm-hmm. a Yankee fan being in their presence. Um, <laughs> so so you're playing the long game here, and I think this is really yeah. important, right? Um, I I just I, I, as we record this yesterday, launched a new newsletter um, for podcasting tips, and let me tell you. Uh, 37 people signed up after I tweeted about it, right? Because I've been on Twitter. I've been tweeting more about podcast stuff, right? So I've been following more people. And then I announced this free newsletter and 37 people signed up on day on, on the day before it launched. Just for comparison, uh, in the previous 29 days, seven people joined my mailing list. So, yeah. so you can't just say, join my mailing list. Uh, you need to provide clear value um, and you need to solve a problem and the problem I'm solving and somebody asked and I answered, you know, is this for beginners or is this for people who are looking to take it to the next level? And it's for people who are taking it to the next level. I could have said it's for everybody to get anybody on the list, but it's not. Um, if you're, if you don't have a podcast, you're not going to be ready for that newsletter. Uh, right. so, and if you already have a podcast and I'm sending out beginner stuff, you're going to unsubscribe not for you. You don't need to know how to choose hosting. You've chosen hosting. So um, like you said, solve a problem, build your audience. Uh, so I think we're both in a spot where we're, we're playing the long game a little bit, right? I'm building this newsletter. I don't have a very, I have ideas. I yeah. don't have a clear sales funnel built into this mailing list yet though, um, because I want to build their trust and I want to know what they want to know. So it's a little bit of research too. Yeah, I think, and we're the same way. Like we have a newsletter, but we're not, we don't, we're not selling anything. We're just sending them value every week. And, you know, one thing we need to do better a job at now, as as I think about it, not necessarily the topic of the show is (laughs) uh, we need to do a better job of following up with people who do subscribe to the newsletter to find out what is of most value to them. So you've been getting this newsletter for, you know, four weeks, five weeks. What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you wish there was less of? What do you wish there was more of? What what do you what's missing that we could be adding to this newsletter that would add additional value to you? And so talking to your t- talking to your followers, your subscribers, your listeners, and finding out what they do like and don't like can help you make a better show, better content, better newsletter all around. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to try to build in that engagement often and, and regularly, and and show that there's a benefit to it, right? Um, yep. Um, but that also kind of goes into the solving the problem thing, right? I have a weekly digest. The people who read it are not as uh, vocally engaged. They click the links. I can see that. They're very interested in the links I'm sending. But when I ask for an opinion or when I ask, right, a few people, maybe like 1% roll right in or take the survey, right? I'm guessing with this podcast tips newsletter, they'll be more engaged, because again, it's, it's very goal oriented. It's not just like, here's what's going on in my life. It's 
I want, I want to help you make your first hundred bucks this year, right? Or I want to help you cover the cost of hosting for this year. So how can I yeah. do that for you? Yeah, definitely having that more targeted, targeted list that's actionable that people, you know, people want to think when they open that new, a newsletter like that, right? They want to think that they're going to get actionable advice that they can apply right as they read it and instantly change their show, their podcast for the better. Um, yeah. 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 And it's, 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 I'm really excited. I'm at the beginning, right? By the time this episode comes out, I'll, it'll, I'll be several weeks into it. Um, but I'm excited. I, I end each one with, you know, kind of, here's the tip. Now here's your homework kind of who are five people it. you can interview outside of your circle or whatever. Um, so awesome. But, uh, James, gosh, we've been talking for so long. Uh, this has been an absolute absolute pleasure. Um, just to recap some of the important things we talked about here. Um, we talked about the kind of challenges of working from home and, and how you have kind of, uh, uh, straddled that line of, uh, managing people in an office, out of an office, different work cultures that kind of led you to talk a little bit about business. And then you started, essentially you, you've made your way to starting circles.com Building the audience has been the hard part, but interviews has worked for you. Um, and you're, you're putting yourself out there on TikTok, but you're also trying to solve a specific problem for specific people, right? I think, is that maybe the, yep. the, the big takeaway here? If you're starting a, a product or a service, our friend Chris Lama talks about, you know, the vitamins and painkillers, right? Solving someone's problem. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you have to really, and, and I'm not great at this and, and this has been a, this has been a work in progress. When we started the, the, the website, it was just a, you know, shotgun approach. We're just right, right about all these topics and we're slowly starting to focus it more and more and more and more and really find out who is that, who is that one person that we're talking to every single time we write a piece of content, every time I get a guest on the podcast, every time I record a video on TikTok, who is that one person that I'm talking to that's going to dramatically change how they think about their leadership style, how they think about their organization, or how they think about their team culture, uh, and, and the walk away for the better because of it. And so, yeah, I think that, that's, a, that's a huge part of that. This episode is brought to you by LearnDash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College, and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting-edge e-learning tools with WordPress. They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds. I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it slash LearnDash. I'll tell you, I feel like I've been doing the same sort of thing, kind of start broad and then really focus. So um, either we're on to something or we're both doing it wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, and then as far as the, the making money stuff goes, you have ideas, but, and I, I think you said this, I think you said this and I want to reinforce it. You have the thought at the beginning. Um, so I think a lot of people kind of do it the other way around. I'll start a podcast. I'll see how it goes. Um, and then I'll think about monetizing it, but I challenge people when they're starting a podcast, a newsletter or whatever. Think about a monetization strategy then because yep. you'll have an easier time building it in, right? It's like if you're building a house, even if you don't need that second bathroom, you're going to do the piping so that you can easily add in that second bathroom later or that first bathroom. You should probably have a bathroom in your house. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> should probably have a bathroom in your house. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that is exactly it. When I, when we started leading to fulfillment, we had an end goal in mind. Now that goal is a year, year and a half, two years out. 
Mm -hmm. We know when we plan on getting value out of this podcast, but we know what we're we are creating the structure and the framework so that when we are ready, we have already put everything in place and it's ready to go. And now it's it's a machine. You just have to keep it running. You just got to keep that thing moving forward. So yeah, this is it's it's weird that we don't think more like this. I you know coming from the WordPress space, I made the same mistake. You launch it. If you launch it, they will come, and then they don't come, and you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Well, now you have to actually do the thing you were supposed to do six months to a year before you actually launched it. And now it's gonna take longer. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, you talk about it's, it's, it's a game of patience, right? You're a year, year and a half out. I think that, and I know this from experience, I'm not generalizing from what I've seen. I know this from experience. I've started projects out of desperation because I needed money today. That is Mm -hmm. not a good way to make money. It's very short-sighted. You're going to waste your time. Maybe you'll get a short-term payout, but long-term it's going to cost you more money than it's going to make you. Yeah, I agree with that. So awesome. So have, have monetization uh, in mind at the beginning and be patient. Um, yep. You know, have, have a plan, understand what's happening. Uh, and I, I like that a lot. Uh, James, this has been great. I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Uh, when it comes to the podcast, here's what I will tell you. This is, this is my, my, I would, you know, it's not a trade secret, right? But it's a thing you, it's a, it's a tip that I learned the hard way. Figure out your pace, figure it out early because you can start a podcast that you think you love. And if you create a pace that is too, too much, you will end up hating that thing that you loved because it takes so much of your time, so much of your energy, and you can't find a way through it all. When I started Leading to Fulfillment, I was doing it as a weekly podcast, and I was building in, trying to get as many guests and trying to build a backlog, build a backlog so that I didn't have to worry and worry. And then I found myself doing interviews almost every day of the week. And then I was doing all the publication, all of the video editing, all of the content. I was doing it all and I was burning myself out. I could feel the burnout happening and I decided to switch it to every other week. I started to only do one interview a week and set myself to these boundaries. Like I will do one interview a week. I will, I will release every other week. And, you know, today I have scheduled and recorded enough episodes to get me through uh, the end of March of next year. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. I, that's how off pace I was in the early stage of trying to do this thing. And, yeah. but now I'm, I'm still recording every week and I'm still building that. So I'm just way in advance now. Uh, but what, ha- what it's done for me now is I love it again. I get excited to do the interviews. I get excited for every conversation I'm going to have and it's a pace I can sustain. So yeah, I would say figure out your pace for your goals and lock that in. Yeah, that's that's really important. I, I will echo uh, that sentiment, right? And I've told people like, you know, it doesn't need to be weekly. I know podcasts mm-hmm. that are monthly and they do well as long as the yeah. audience knows what to expect. Um, because yeah. you're right, you feel like you feel beholden to the schedule, right? And this is all creators. I felt the same way about YouTube uh, to the point where in the last six months, I've taken two month long breaks because I'm just like too much work with everything else going on. So figure out your pacing, podcasting or creating other content. I think that's such great advice. Um, Quick follow up question. Are you worried that some of that content now that's ready to go almost a year out is going to be uh, out of date or feel or feel aged. You know, I, I was worried about that in the early stages. And then I realized I just can't talk current events on this show. That's not what the show yeah. is about. The show is about try and true principles and frameworks that work, whether it's 2022 or it's 2025. These are, this is, this is the, this is the future of, of work culture. And so we can talk a little bit about this stuff and we're okay, but I can't talk about that article that happened and talked about work-life right. balance or how 
uh, the ex you know, ex Google CEO Schmidt talked about how uh, he doesn't know how to train managers virtually. Like, <laughs> right. okay, that's not a reason why remote work is bad. That's your shortcoming. That's not right. you know. But but he you know I can't talk about that stuff. I can't bring that stuff up because you know I again I have I have recorded episodes that aren't going to be. I mean, I think I, I, I'm already, I've actually recorded through the end of December and I have scheduled episodes that I will record by the end of June that will launch at the end of uh, the first quarter of 2023. So I am so far ahead. I have to keep the topics kind of that, I guess, in content, we would call that uh, the, the greenfield content that's going to be true and last forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a litmus test, right? For the advice you're getting. Cause if you record it today and then you listen like uh, nine months from now and you're like, wait a minute, this is terrible advice now. Like, well, now you know that was a bad episode, right? It was just That's someone right. talking about what they learned in the moment. <laughs> I don't know. You, as a podcaster, I, you, you, so you have in your podcast process, you have this thing where you, I, I reserve the right to not publish this content. If I don't like yeah. it when it's all said and done, I'm not publishing yeah. it. And I don't do that currently, although I should. I have, have you ever had an episode that you've recorded it? I don't know how long you've had this policy. Uh, maybe there was a time when you didn't. Have you ever had an episode that you recorded and you're like, this isn't coming out for a while and it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be a yeah. bad episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was before I had that policy and before I did a little <laughs> bit more research, right? I mean, uh, you know, I joked in the beginning that I, I didn't do a lot of research, but you and I go way back. Right. Um, so like there are, you know, there are some kind of fuzzy details, but I, I, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. And when I have a, uh, when somebody comes across my desk, either from a podcast outreach agent or, um, uh, or I just discover somebody, it, it, I do the research and I make sure I want them on my show. Now I didn't do that back then. And, and yeah, I will say I've never executed that statement. Um, there was one interview that didn't make it to interview because the person failed the pre-interview. Um, their refusal to put on headphones uh, <laughs> was, a, was a deal breaker. Um, yeah. Because he was like, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, I, I've been doing this for 10 years. I said, uh, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, I've done this before and nobody's ever said anything. I said, well, that's because the other people were too polite to tell you it's going to sound like crap. Um, and he's like, well, I don't have headphones. And I'm like, then we can't do this. You don't, he didn't have headphones that now. Well, okay. Now I'm going to get on a soapbox. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so James, thank you so much for your time and your fantastic advice. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, you know, I am James Laws everywhere on social, pretty much everywhere you look, you'll find my bald head somewhere on social. So just <laughs> search James Laws and you'll find me. Uh, otherwise, uh, circles.com, that circles with two eyes. Uh, that's where I do a lot of writing. I post a lot of our videos. That's where the podcast is. And that's where you can subscribe to the newsletter to get information on leadership, healthy work culture and fulfillment. Awesome. Circle with two eyes because it'll help you see fulfillment clearly. Uh, that is... <laughs> I'm using that. Thank yes, you. you can have it. It's yours. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks to our sponsors for this episode. Uh, and if you want to hear even more uh, if you're not sick of James and me talking after an hour and you want to hear us talk about what it's like trying to expand our audience outside the WordPress space, I alluded to this. We didn't talk about gear, so we might talk about gear. Uh, you can become a member over at joincreatorcrew.com. It'll also be in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 266. But that's it for this episode. James, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Get out there and build something. <laughs>